Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. Thanks for listening. As always, this is episode number 36. Just a reminder, you can get all of our episodes on iTunes or streaming on SoundCloud or Bloomberg.com backslash podcasts. For this week's What's the Big Deal? We're closing the loop on a deal we first previewed way back in episode 22. It's a deal that I personally have covered for Bloomberg since January, if not before. And this week, we confirmed that Verizon would buy Yahoo's core internet business and real estate for $4.8 billion. Verizon has been the most likely buyer of this business throughout our reporting cycle. Really, this was the most likely outcome of all the bidders in all the land, in all the gin joints, in all the towns, in all the world. Back in episode 22, in fact, we talked to Scott Moritz, Bloomberg's Verizon reporter, about why exactly Verizon wanted Yahoo. Make sure to go back and listen to that episode. So today, we're not going to focus as much on why Verizon wants Yahoo. Instead, we want to look to both the past and the future with what Verizon might do next after Yahoo and how they might integrate Yahoo uh, into their current business. Uh, and in fact, uh, you know, we can even talk about some future Verizon acquisitions, even though this deal was just announced. So to answer those questions, we bring back Scott Moritz, and we're also joined by Bloomberg Technology Executive Editor Tom Giles. Gentlemen, welcome to Deal of the Week. Thanks, Alex. Thanks. Good to be here. All right, Scott. So set the stage for us just briefly to remind everyone and maybe to ex expand on what we talked about way back in episode 22. Why did Verizon decide buying Yahoo was the best use of $4.8 billion of its money? <laughs> uh, well, you can tell basically from their most recent uh, quarterly results what, what's going on with Verizon. You know, they're the dominant wireless player. You know, most people have wireless phones. Verizon is the number one competitor there. But uh, they're getting their, uh, their, their game pressured by the, the smaller competitors, T-Mobile and Sprint. So just a, a little snapshot there. If your main game is is under pressure, you want to find some other place to find revenue. And obviously, they've looked around and they, they've seen that perhaps Yahoo uh, will bring them something that they already started with with AOL, and that's this whole new media business. Um, it, it, it's entirely new for Verizon and any carrier, for that matter, to bring in kind of, kind of a content strategy uh, on top of a, a wireless network, it's it's not in their skill set necessarily, but uh, the, the leaders of Verizon are pretty confident that uh, they have the management team with Tim Armstrong and Marnie Walden uh, to to kind of make this integration of AOL and media and Yahoo all fit together in, in this new scheme. So the media business is in essence the digital advertising business. Yep. Uh, and so this deal puts Verizon as the third largest player behind Google and Facebook for digital advertising revenue. Tom, a is distant this, third. A distant yeah. third. <laughs> is Very this, distant third. Is this a good business for Verizon? In other words, uh, you know, based on the other players in digital advertising, is this a smart move to go in this direction? Look, if you want, if you want to make, if you want to generate revenue, in in particularly in advertising, digital is where you want to be. Everybody wants to place ads alongside where people are spending most of their time interacting. Newspapers are dying. This is an old story where people are spending time. They're spending time on their mobile phones. They're spending time on social. They're searching. Google and Facebook have really strong businesses. They fund 
with the cash that they generate, with all the revenue they generate from these advertising businesses, lots of new and innovative stuff. And you look at what Facebook and Google, look at the stock, what their stock has been doing, it makes a lot of sense to understand why somebody would want to follow in their footsteps. The challenge, the struggle for, the, the thing that makes it difficult for me to understand is it really, they're so far behind. Google dominates search. Facebook dominates social for the most part. Twitter's also in this game, but they're 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 far behind Microsoft and and Verizon in this case. So it's it's a good place to be, but it's hugely challenging to narrow that gap. So if you look at what Yahoo, one of the things that Yahoo has struggled to do over the last several years, not just under Marissa Meyer but her predecessors, is make a like really gain any share in in search against Google and really do anything in social in a really meaningful way. Yeah, so to put a little context to that, Yahoo's share of global search is 3%, and the amount of mobile minutes is 4%. So it seems to me that on the face of it, I wouldn't be able to tell you how taking Yahoo and adding it with AOL would necessarily move the needle whatsoever. A am I missing something? No, yeah, they admit that it's a very small step into this huge market. They're calling it a $180 billion annual revenue market, this digital advertising space. Uh, what Verizon will tell you is that they're, they're mobile. They, you know, this is where people are consuming most of their digital They are life. a mobile phone company. Yeah, right. They, yes. And because of that, they, they feel they have a little bit of an edge because they know where you are, at, at all times, they know your kind of preferences, you know, what, what sports teams you like, et cetera. So they, they do feel like if they get this advertising game down, they can probably target something better than maybe the other players. I know Google and, and Facebook presumably know as much about you as, as the wireless carrier does in terms of your location and interests, but uh, Verizon feels like they, they do have a, a leg up in, in this in, in some ways. But, and, and, and to Verizon's point, I think they also want to make a deeper push into video, mm -hmm. right? They, the, the mobile video experience, Verizon, to its credit, has, has been ahead on that. Uh, they're probably not as far as they'd like to be in owning that experience where if I'm going to watch video on my mobile phone, it's a good place to be. And a lot of the digital advertising that we talked about is moving toward video, which is why you're seeing Facebook make such a deep push. If, if Yahoo and AOL could make a more meaningful, meaningful move into mobile video, that could actually start to give them a bit more share in that digital space. So AT&T got into mobile video by buying DirecTV for $49 billion. And although DirecTV is not a mobile video player per se, the idea, which I think is still being fleshed out, is that AT&T would offer a mobile product in conjunction with DirecTV's uh, programming contracts. And, and more or less, you could watch a full lineup of cable TV plus NFL Sunday ticket on your phone by paying AT&T your money rather than DirecTV since it acquired. Verizon has not taken that strategy. Instead, so far at least, instead they have tried to develop this free product called Verizon Go, Go 90. 90. Yeah. Uh, and that, what is that exactly, Scott? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, they've been in, in this market with uh, a free teen-oriented, uh, it's basically YouTube. They're trying to re recreate YouTube, but for a very specific, very young audience. They don't even want Verizon's name on it because they're, you know, they don't want to tarnish it with anything that's adult or 
loser or whatever you want to call that's it. That's why they bought AOL and Yahoo. <laughs> right, there you go. Right, that's a funny mix of uh, old and new. But right, so the, this Go90 thing, it's been so far a, a dud, and I think Verizon will even admit to that. Um, they didn't provide any new numbers on terms of, you know, attraction and how many people are looking at it or subscribed to it or downloaded it. So it's it's obviously a problem, you know, on a perception level. They don't think it's a huge problem strategically because it's in the right direction. And maybe to some degree, you know, because they're aiming for this millennial audience and the audience that, you know, watches the most stuff on their phones, that maybe they'll have this kind of a seed to grow that kind of group and and then on that group they'll throw a bunch of advertising. Here's a question that I have about Verizon and its ability to to make the most of this acquisition and any of its past acquisitions. It's got this great distribution. It's got a captive audience. I'm a Verizon user. I've been using Verizon for more than probably 15 years. I spend a lot of money on Verizon, but I've never been marketed anything that says anything about AOL. Oh Tom, that will and, change. And and I don't know. Are they gonna are they gonna somehow market something for me that says that says Yahoo? How is how is owning Yahoo yeah. gonna change my experience with Verizon Wireless? How will that change? Scott? Yeah, well uh, I think first and foremost you will get the annoyance factor because your notifications as you probably know already, you you've signed up for a few things and you get notifications on your phone, they buzz in or they beep in or whatever, they're they're there. They this is where probably you're going to see a lot of the push from things like Go90. I, you know, I signed up for Go90 to try it out. I occasionally get these, you know, random, you know, Go90 alerts in my on my phone. Um, they take me to a, a new a new you know series that they have offered on Go90. It, you can probably you know expect more of that. Like Yahoo Sports is probably going to have alerts on your phone through Verizon and. You know, it's Yahoo Finance, whatever stocks you're following, if they move, they'll probably just like we did on desktop. We'll get it on our phones now. Well, you and you you talked to uh, you talked to Tim Armstrong yesterday, and and he he talked a lot about these these properties that are that are well traveled and 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 have lots of traffic like Yahoo Finance. And it sounded like he was talking about if he he talked about it being underutilized. Right. Yeah. He's very keen to the fact that uh, he, he's a big brand guy. Uh, he he knows the value of brands. You know whether there is value there or not, who knows? But he thinks that it's underused. That Yahoo Finance, for example, one of his, he calls that one of the top sites of its category is is kind of a waste, and that they could do so much with it with, through the uh, that what he calls the AOL platform. But uh, somehow that gets you uh, alerts on your phone. I'm thinking, or maybe it even gets you uh, a Yahoo Finance app on your phone, and then you know they throw videos in there or, or whatever so when he says do so much more he's simply saying it could draw more eyeballs <laughs> always yeah i think in that world that's what it's all about do we know what's going to happen to the yahoo brand yet uh you know i asked armstrong this yesterday you know are, are we going to see this all become one new name for this new mobile media business and he he's like no uh, we're going to keep this what he's called it a house of brands because the AOL brand still exists as sure. well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sort of getting back to Tom's point, you know, Verizon's owned AOL for a little while now. <laughs> Have they done anything with, let's say, Huffington Post, which is one of AOL's brands? Have we seen any sort of integration of Huffington Post to Verizon? Not in the in, in your, like, if you're a Verizon mobile consumer, no. You, you have not seen anything from this, this link up with AOL. 
Um, maybe the only thing that they could point to is how Go90 is free on your phone and it doesn't count against your data if you're a Verizon subscriber. That's the one advantage you have as a Verizon customer. So, so theoretically, if I went to Huffington Post, that also might not cost me any data if I watched a video on Huffington Post. They haven't, they, could, uh, they haven't they done, haven't done that, yet, that but yet, but that seems to be the, I see. you know, the thing they could do. I mean, the one thing that I want to throw in here, a question that I have is just how much does Verizon get to own your experience once you're on the phone? They have me as the customer. I pay my bills to them. They clearly know how much data I'm using, etc. But you also have the handset manufacturer, and you also have the, the, the software makers that, that also control your experience with the phone. So a lot of my experience with my, my device is dictated by the, ma the manufacturer, which is an iPhone, or iOS, which is the, the operating system. And there are limits, and there's this constant tension between the carrier like Verizon and the handset manufacturer about how much they can manipulate, how much they can put their own stuff, their own brand on here. Mm -hmm. So I just wonder now, because now, now, now Verizon's done this twice, AOL and Yahoo, and there are a handful of other struggling, aging, digital advertising, public companies that are out there that I can think of, Yelp, Groupon, Twitter to some degree. Is this a plan for Verizon to roll up these struggling companies that probably seem destined not to survive on their own and be able to cobble them together to really challenge Google or Facebook? Uh, yes, yes, yes. You know, uh, on the call today, this earnings call, their second quarter earnings, Lowell McAdam, the CEO, said, you know, we are definitely going to be a bigger presence in this market against Google and Facebook. To get to that scale, he needs to do something big. So I, I, I did have a chance to talk to the CFO after the call, and I said, you know, your, your, your boss wants you to get big, and, but you don't have really necessarily the finances to get big. And so, yeah, you know, he said, you know, there's nothing really huge on our, on our radar, but, you know, I can see us doing a lot of the things that we just did. Yahoo, and he points to Millennial, which was another uh, advertising co company that they bought. So they're calling it tuck-ins. They have this tuck-in approach to the M&A market. And, I, and I, I can totally see where some of these struggling online outfits you just mentioned, Yelp, for example, or whatever, probably fitting in that mode of uh, small, small acquisitions. By the way, I think it's important to point out here that uh, this is from a note from uh, wireless analyst Craig Moffitt that he put out on Verizon. He says that if Verizon successfully integrates Yahoo with AOL and takes advantage of all of the assumed synergies, in other words, if all goes right with this Yahoo acquisition, it will add $1 to Verizon's warranted share price. $1 per share. So yeah, that's the definition of a tuck-in acquisition. I mean, it honestly, like I, just to step back for a minute, uh, as I sort of said in the beginning of this podcast, I mean, not only myself, but like, uh, you know, the Verizon Yahoo deal was the entire front page this week of the Financial Times domestic and international newspapers. It was a front page story on every major newspaper, Wall Street Journal, New York Times. I have gone back and forth for months reporting every detail of this transaction with CNBC, Recode, The Journal, for a transaction that adds $1 a share if everything goes right to Verizon. Tom, obviously that's not the story here, right? It's this is not. a story about a fallen, iconic tech company is that that's why this is so captivating you, to the general public you nailed it and for people of a certain age and i'll put myself in that group yahoo was one of the first ways that you found your way around this unnavigable at the time world wide web or information superhighway as we used to call it 
this was the wild, wild west when when, you know, back in the 90s, when people were just kind of getting their 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 head around it. And Yahoo was basically the way you navigated that. They were a pioneer at one point. We take it for granted that the web is easy to navigate now. It wasn't back then. And people like look to Yahoo. You're my on-ramp onto this super highway. And, and people, and that's also one of the first ways that people got email. And so that really shaped people's understanding of it. Of the, of the internet. Did Marissa Meyer fail here? I mean, she's going to get $55 million or whatever it is if she leaves the company as a, as a golden parachute. So she's obviously going to land on her feet. I mean, she, she you know, she'll, and she'll do whatever, go to a VC or whatever she decides to do next. But w- was this a failure for her or, or had the train already left the station? Look, you could very, you could make the case that there were some missteps that she didn't cut costs as much as it, it was not a very efficiently run company. She did start to cut costs, but it came very, very late in the game. She made some acquisitions like Tumblr, but really failed to capitalize on a lot of that. A, a lot of that value has been written down um, on her watch. So there are missteps that you can point to from her. However, however, having said that, the problems at Yahoo date back far before she was in place. Uh, my colleague Brad Stone wrote a really wonderful essay. I highly recommend it. About you know, with these iconic com- with these internet companies, you really need a founder. You need people who are a part of the management from early on to come in and take really bold steps and really have some sharp elbows and do some things that you know that make them unpopular. And there were opportunities throughout. Yahoo's life where David Philo and Jerry Yang had opportunities to make really bold, bold choices to go and make big acquisitions. They could have bought Facebook. Uh, deal almost got done for a billion dollars. Didn't happen. Right. Exactly. There were, there was, they rebuffed Microsoft for 40, $44 billion, depending on when you look at the timing of the transaction. That was a big, bold mistake that he made. So no, this is not all Marissa Meyer. Right, and we are now seeing the, the wreckage wash up on shore at, on, in Verizon's lap, basically for four point eight billion, which is chump change to them. I was going to say this is not a lot of money for them, exactly, which is why it doesn't really move the shares right. price in the end. Bloomberg Wireless reporter Scott Moritz and Bloomberg executive editor of technology Tom Giles, thanks for joining us. So that's it for this week's episode. You can expect more Bloomberg reporters and M&A professionals who are doing deals real time. And until then, find us on the Bloomberg Terminal and Bloomberg.com, as well as on iTunes, Google Play, or any app you use to listen to podcasts. And please take a minute to rate and review the show while you're there. Also, follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. Scott, you're at, at Moritz Dispatch. Is that right? That's right. And Tom, Twitter? At T.S. Giles. See you next week. <laughs>